Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Matthew. As you look on the screen, the title of the message, For the Father up above is looking down in love. And Benjamin put the tune up there. So we're all going to sing it. Ready? Not, no. If Benjamin came back up here, we might try that. But I'm not going to try that. The Father up above is looking down in love. Uh, we have different concepts of God. In some of our culture, people's view of God is he's this cosmic killjoy. As soon as you start to have fun, they'll say, oh, no, don't, don't do that. And, and that's not God's nature at all. In fact, when God says no, why does he say no? For our benefit, to help us. His no is a blessing to us. Now, I got to admit, when my kids were little, sometimes my no was for my benefit. They'd want to do something. If it was going to be loud and noisy, I would say no. If it was going to be messy, Kathy would say no. So what do you think our kids figured out? If it's going to be loud, ask mom. If it's going to be messy, ask dad. <laughs> we didn't even catch on until years later they confessed it to us. They, they repented and confessed of their sins, and, and we absolved them. No, But the, the God the Father is not this killjoy. God the Father is not this one who does not want you to enjoy life. In fact, the Scripture says the opposite. God really wants you to love life and enjoy life. But remember, someday you're going to stand before God. So there are certain enjoyments that are good now and forever. But there are some things that our body, our will, might enjoy now, but it's harmful. So God wants us to avoid those things and enjoy the things that we can enjoy forever. So God is looking down in love. He's observing your life. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is giving instruction from the Father's heart. Other people help us understand God, but Jesus is the one who modeled and shared the Father's heart. Father, as we look in your word this morning, we pray that we truly would see your heart, that we would see that you are for us, that you love us, that you care for us. You have some rules and restrictions, but they're always for our good. The end result would be blessing in our lives. So I pray that today we would listen to your word, I pray that we would listen to your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would speak into our hearts and lives. I pray that we would focus on what you would have us to do. And if there's a decision we need to make today, I pray that today we would make that decision. I pray that you would be honored and glorified by the thoughts that we think, by the decisions that we make, by the actions that we take, by the way that we live. In Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 1. Take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. The King James says alms. Some of the other translations say righteous deeds. All right, here's the first principle that I want you to see. Why? is more important than what? And there is a note sheet in your bulletin if you want to use it and fill in these blanks. Why is more important than what? I guess the picture disappeared. There was a picture. Uh, in 
Matthew 5.16, look at that. We're in chapter 6. Look back at 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm stressed about the pictures not being there. I don't know what happened. They were there before, and they, it was a good picture. But anyway, I know, I know. But the, pic, the pictures help tell the story, Jeff. So I'm going to look this way so that screen doesn't bother me. 5.16, 5.16, what's the beginning say? Let your light so shine before men. Chapter 6, what's it say? Take heed that you don't do it before men. What happened? Well, Jesus had two streams of thought and he couldn't reconcile them. So he said one in chapter 5 and one in chapter 6, hoping no one could connect them. No, <laughs> that is not what it meant. What it meant is... Look at the end of chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See, the, the why is the most important thing. You want people to see your good works, but you don't want to do good works to draw attention to yourself. You don't want people thinking, Ooh, there's, there's Jeff Miller. Ooh. You want people thinking... God is so awesome. He's an amazing God. Look what he can do through people. You want people to give glory to God. If you get the glory, God said, you don't get any from him. None from him. If your goal is to impress people, there is no spiritual benefit at all. So why you do something is more important than what you do. So... Over here. Tell me some good thing you could do that God would want you to do. Be kind to people that aren't kind to you. Okay? How could you do that in the wrong way? Yeah. Show them how kind and gracious you are. And if somebody's been mean to you, then you be really kind to them and you look around to make sure other people are noticing how kind you're being. So you get the accolade. Why you do the kindness is more important than what you do, the kind act. All right, this group, what's something you could do that would God would want you to do? Forgive and not seek revenge. Marvin, you were speaking at the same time. Okay, forgive and help someone in need. Forgiving, not seeking revenge. So how could you forgive in the wrong way? Yeah, <laughs> I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. Or go around telling everybody. Or keep reminding the person, yeah, Hunter, you know, I, I forgave you of that. I, you know, it's, it's still forgiven, Hunter. So you just want to keep bringing it up. Keep bringing that attention. What was yours again, Marvin? Help somebody in need. Help somebody in need. How could you do that the wrong way? Yeah, you want help back? What were you saying? Yeah, you're not actually helping them. You know, honestly, honestly, I, I, I was talking to couples, you know, and 
the guy would come in and I asked all the guys, what could you do to help your wife? Because when you get home from work in the situation where if your wife, get, wife gets home sooner or she's staying at home, working from home or whatever, or then the husband comes in, that downtime, especially if you have kids, the downtime from the time you walk into the door till after dinner is over, that's when most of the arguments are. That's the most stressful time of the day. Uh, uh, my kids used to say to Kathy when I would come in from work, Mom, feed the bear. Um, so that's the most stressful time of the day. And so I asked the guys, what could you do to help? And they said, one of them said, well, I could take the kids and take them into the, so they're not bothering my wife because she's been with them all day. Another said, well, I could step in and take over dinner so she could go and relax. And what, what's the right answer? Ask her. Ask her. Hey, honey, how could I help you? She might say, take over dinner. She might say, take the kids. She might say, gather all the kids in the kitchen and you fix dinner and I'll go rest. You, know, you ask her. If you really want to help somebody, ask them. All right, what's a thing you could do? Well, a good thing God would want you to do. Stare at each other. All right, Jamie's the spokesperson for this group. Share the word of God with them. Yeah, that's a great thing. Shouldn't we share God's truth with people, especially the gospel? Yes. How could you do that wrongly? Yeah. Come on, Bill. God's word says this. How come you're not doing that? Is that going to help Bill? No, no. It could entertain Katya, but it wouldn't help Bill at all. See, we can beat people up with the Bible. And that's not God. Do you see Jesus doing that? No. Rarely, rarely, only with the extreme religious hypocrites do you see Jesus rebuking people publicly. And sometimes with his disciples when they were not thinking spiritually at all. Most of the time, Jesus was drawing people to them. So you can beat people up with the scripture. So why is more important than what? Secondly, how is more important than when? How is more important than when? Uh, verse number two. Well, the end of verse one, you have no reward from your father in heaven. If you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason, there's no reward. Verse two, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Now, verse 3 says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. That's symbolism. If there are people who have a brain problem, an issue in the way the brain's not connecting right, where their right hand doesn't know what their left hand's doing, and that's a medical problem they have to try and fix through surgery in the brain. What Jesus is saying is what how you do things is so important, much more important 
than when you're actually doing them. So that in their culture, when you gave alms, see, they had the tithe, and the tithe was considered holy to the Lord. And what the tithe would do, the tithe would help to pay for the temple, and the tithe would help to fund the synagogue. And that was the normal thing. In our culture today, our tithe helps provide for the church. When you give your tithe to the Lord in obedience to the Lord, you're helping fund the ministries of the church. You pay for the building, the air conditioning, aren't you glad? Uh, you pay for the staff. You pay for the Sunday school materials, the Iwana materials, the, the Good News Club uh, material. You pray, pay, you are giving to support those things. You also, in your tithe, gives to support missions that we do around the world. There's a list of individual missionaries on there, but there's some other missions that we don't have specific names for. Uh, like in Cuba, we support national missions there and a Bible college there, but it, we don't get individual because it, how that money's distributed is determined down there in Cuba, and, and they have control over that. So sometimes our support goes for one church or one pastor. Another time it would go to a different one, but we're supporting the work there. So they had the tithe, which was holy to the Lord, just as it is for us today. And then they also gave above the tithe, which we're actually challenged and encouraged to do in Scripture, to give above the tithe. And so what, but what they would do when they gave their alms, when they gave their charitable giving, uh, they wanted people to really notice. So Jeff and Sherry Miller, for many years, supported a missionary in Chad, Africa. And uh, Jeff and Sherry, so here's what they would do. If Jeff was doing that, all right, Hunter used to play the trumpet, so you get up here in front of Jeff, all right? And Jeff's going to come, and Jeff's going to let us know his alms are being, uh, okay? I am not yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get the idea. No, no. All right, trumpet, you come and blow the, Hunter, you blow the trumpet. Right, right? Jeff Miller is giving two missions. And everybody go, whoo, yay, Jeff, yay. Gary and Alice Brunette help at the senior center all the time. And so Gary would show up at the senior center, and there'd be Alice with her trumpet. Gary is here to serve today. And everybody go, ooh. Yeah. That's what that now doesn't that sound ridiculous? See, Jeff was embarrassed to even act that out. It sounds ridiculous because it was ridiculous. And Jesus is saying, Don't be like those hypocrites. Don't sound the trumpet. Listen, if you give to good and worthy causes, but you give in a way that draws attention to yourself. You don't get any eternal reward from God. Let's see. I don't know how many years Jeff and Sherry supported the, the missionaries in town, but how many of you knew that? A few of you maybe, but most didn't. They didn't do it to draw attention on themselves. They did it to give to a mission. They gave, did it out of alms, out of charitable giving to help people and help the work of the Lord. That's the way we're supposed to give. Kathy and I have found that when I was a business manager, I had more money, and, and we would give to people anonymously, and it was way more fun. 
and they wouldn't know where it came from. We had one person who was like our go-between. We always gave it to her, and she and she liked being in the middle of it. But nobody else knew where the money came from. She was sworn to secrecy. And so it was a lot of fun. We did that when we were in Bible college. We did that uh, after Bible college, helping uh, people and, and just ministering to people. And one of the most favorite times we did that, there was a young couple. They were really struggling. And they had a specific need of $200. And so Kathy went to the bank, and she got $201 bills, brand spanking new, still had the band on it, you know. And we put that in an envelope, this fat envelope full of $201 bills. And anonymously it got, and this lady was so excited, she came running across campus, and she grabbed Kathy and said, guess what God did? That's way more cool than if she'd said, oh, Kathy, thank you so much for that gift. One of the dangers of letting everybody know, too, is that people start lining up with their handout, right? Oh, you gave them 200 I need 50 I joked before that one time somebody gave to Kathy and I, and I followed him around at church for months, hoping he'd do it again. Uh, that's not true. It's, it's not wrong for you to minister to somebody by giving directly to them. But it is wrong for you to draw attention to yourself in your giving. If you're truly giving, you're giving it to the Lord and then to somebody else. And you want the glory to go to the Lord. Jesus said, there is no benefit. The only reward, if you're trying to get the praise of men, that's the only reward you'll get. If you scraped together and sacrificially gave $1,000 to help somebody in need, and you wanted praise for that $1,000, then you have no heavenly reward, even though it was a sacrificial gift on your part. So uh, you give because it's the right thing to do. How you do the giving is more important than when you're giving. So if you seek to get attention or praise from people, you get no praise from God. None. The third thing is that the heart is more important than the method when it comes to prayer. The heart is more important than the method. Verse uh, number five. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, earlier in our service, Bill was praying. You were standing when you were praying, weren't you, Bill? Uh-oh. <laughs> they pray standing in the synagogue. Uh-oh. And Gary prayed before the offering. He was standing in the assembly. Is, is God saying that's a bad thing? No. No. He's saying don't pray for the attention of people. One of the things that stresses me a little when I pray is I get tongue-tied sometimes. So when I'm praying publicly, I tend to pray more slowly because I, I don't want to get the words convoluted. But when it's just me and Kathy or just me praying to God and I get all tongue-tied, I don't worry about it at all because God knows exactly what's in my heart. He's not stressed over it. But listen, some people liked other people 
to think they were spiritual, so they loved to pray. They would show up at church and they'd say, Oh, Benjamin, Benjamin, can I do the prayer today? Can I do it? And when I pray, can I come up here? Can I get in the, in the pulpit? And can I call out to God on behalf of the people? And what would Benjamin say? No. He would say, well, my dad would rather you not do that. Now, well, we don't want that. When you're praying in public, I, I encourage you, when you're praying publicly, pray shorter. When you're by yourself, you can pray for three hours. The preacher, Sheffy, uh, years ago, he, he would, there was a movie about his life, and he would pray some days for three hours straight. That's great when you're by yourself. But when you're praying in public, keep it short. Don't draw attention to yourself, your voice. Draw attention to God. Back to verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. It's the why. Why are they? They want to be seen of men. So how um, the heart is more important than the method here. It's not wrong to pray standing. It's wrong to pray standing so that you get attention from other people. Verse 6. When you pray, go into your room or your closet, that private place. When you shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place or in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You pour out your heart directly to God. God will respond to you. Verse 7. But when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Some church traditions, there's many, but some use Things like uh, the rosary. And, and the Catholic Church has the rosary, but Eastern Orthodox and some other churches have something like that. Uh, a little, And each bead represents something else. And you pray it in the same order, rubbing the beads. He said, don't use empty repetition. It's okay to pour out your heart to God for the same thing. 20 times in one day. That's okay. But don't just repeat and repeat and repeat. Make it sure it's from your heart to his heart, not just words that you're saying. And it said, the end of verse 7, they think they will be heard for their many words. God doesn't listen to long prayers more than he listens to short prayers. In fact, God prefers short prayers. Pouring out your heart saying it, and then coming back later and praying it again, praying again. Verse 8, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. So what is the, the method of prayer? People get really focused sometimes on the method of prayer. What should you do? Well, the biblical method of prayer includes David laying on the floor, uh, praying before God. Uh, some people would lift up their face and their arms toward God when they were praying. Others would bow. Jesus prayed sitting in a boat, sitting on a hillside. He prayed standing at the graveside. There is no biblical method for prayer. Now, when I was a kid, what do you think I thought was the right way to pray? Any suggestions? On your knees, head bowed, hands together, like, well, because they have that picture of the praying hands. How many of you, when you pray, hold your hands like this? Yeah. 
sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's crying out to God. Uh, sometimes while I'm praying, I hold, have my hands like this because I'm driving. And I pray with my eyes open. And God still listens. There is no biblical method for prayer. Now, honestly, I think there are some times when I feel like I have to pray on my knees. Just, just get on my knees before God. We use that phrase, get on my knees before God. Um, which one of the apostles was it? James was called camel knees. He was on his knees so much that his knees had calloused over. They looked like camel's knees. So um, that it's okay to be on. But sometimes you, know, you, you feel a brokenness. And on my knees leaning against something is helpful. Um, I have arthritis in my knees. So I have knee pads. <laughs> and I use them. Or pillows. And I use them. Sometimes that's the best way to pray for me. But you, you pray, you pour your heart out to God. Sometimes when I'm praying, I'm pacing. Uh, I don't sit still very well. And I move back and forth and I pray and I talk to God. And, and even this morning in my study, I was doing laps around my desk in my study while I was praying uh, for folks in the church. And so there is no biblical method. The method is less important the heart is what important is important. You have to keep your heart focused. So your heart is chasing after God's heart. Not trying to talk God into it because you got lots of words. Your heart chasing after His heart. God wants you to use real and use meaningful words. Not repetition. Fourthly. Seeking God is more important than seeking answers. Seeking God is more important than seeking answers. Verse 13, I'm sorry. Um, verse number 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven. Hey, you know, why don't you just say this with me? Some churches say the Lord's Prayer every week. We don't. But let's just read it together, okay? Uh, beginning with the Our Father in the middle of verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. See, as we're praying that prayer, our focus is on your Father. Prayer is connecting with God the Father. Just listen to how prayer focuses on God. In this, these few short verses, we talked about His name. His glory, His provision, His grace and forgiveness, His guidance and direction, His deliverance, His kingdom, His power, His glory. Prayer is seeking God more than seeking answers. Seeking God more than seeking answers. It's, it's the desire of the heart to know and follow God, to chase hard after Him was a song 
we didn't hear some time ago, uh, to long to follow God, to pursue Him. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not saying words. Prayer is not rubbing beads. Prayer is your heart inclining toward God's heart. Sometimes you say the words out loud. Sometimes you just talk to God on the inside. We, When our kids were little, Megan was a, a literalist about things, and she caught us on this prayer thing because Kathy and I, one time we were hurrying to get the kids around and get ready to go do something, and so we just said, uh, pray to yourself. And Megan said, but aren't we supposed to pray to God? <laughs> we said, yes, yes. Pray inside your own head talking to God. And so we changed to pray by yourself instead of pray to yourself. It was a good catch. <laughs> seeking God is more important than seeking answers. Number five. Showing grace is a requirement to receive it. Verse 13, 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But there's some amazing transitions in, in Scripture that begin with the word but. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. In the middle of the prayer, uh, Jesus told them to pray and forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive our debtors or those who trespass against us. We are praying. We are focusing on God. We are seeking and showing grace is a requirement to receive it. God never wants you to profit at the expense of someone else. What has happened in America is that some people profit at the expense of others. And some of them are called thieves. And some of them are called politicians. And some of them are called bankers. And and some, now there's some great bankers. There's, I know, several godly presidents of banks. I used to, when I was a business manager and pastor in Texas, I knew presidents of banks that were godly guys seeking to glorify the Lord. But there are people out there their goal is to get rich, and they don't care who gets hurt. Let me tell you something. God cares. God never says it's wrong to become rich. But he always, repeatedly says it's wrong to become rich at the expense of others. And if you become rich, he challenges you to use your wealth for his good and his glory. Jesus' total ministry was about saving others at the cost of his own excruciatingly painful death on the cross. And Jesus wants you and I to live for others. There's a believer who heads up a ministry in China. Uh, we're not in doctrinal agreement, but I love his heart for the Lord. I've read several of his books. We've emailed back and forth. His name is K.P. Yohannan, and, and he has a heart for God. I wouldn't be comfortable having him preach in our church. He probably wouldn't be comfortable having me preach for him. But, but listen to what he said about our need to show grace. If he who knew no sin, who's that? Jesus. 
if he who knew no sin could offer this kind of grace, how much more should we, sinners alike, extend grace one to another? I like that. Jesus forgave so much. He forgave us. And we're hesitant to show grace to others. We want people to pay. We want people to know that we were righteous and they were wrong. We want to be vindicated before men. Kathy and I have a couple different times in our life, very strangely, had people that we thought were friends and trusted say things bad about us that weren't true. And and especially one time in particular, it was very painful because we were very right. And that person was telling absolute lies. And, and we wanted to set the record straight to defend ourselves. And, and we prayed about it. We talked about it. And both of us felt like, you know, the scripture says uh, that Jesus uh, said not a word. Uh, how is it praised? Anybody? Yeah, like a sheep heading toward the shearers, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus did not defend himself. And, and we, Kathy and I both felt that's what we should do. And we did not defend ourselves. So lies were being said, and because we didn't contradict those lies, people believed some of those lies. Because we weren't giving a, a different version of the story. But you know what? We don't live so people think good about us. You and I live so people think good about Him. And our job is to seek His glory, not our own. Our job is not to defend ourselves, to defend our honor. Our job is to honor Him. And sometimes that takes loss. And sometimes that is gain. And sometimes you'll get promoted. And sometimes you'll lose a job. And sometimes you'll gain friends. And sometimes you'll lose friends. But the goal is His glory. And you and I need to show grace to people who have lied about us. Just like they lied about Him. And He showed grace to them. How much grace should we show? Jesus on the cross with nails through the most painful part, the wrist where all the pain sensors in the hand go right through this carpal tunnel that's in there and they pounded those nails right through there. Incredibly, excruciatingly painful. His back was bloodied and beaten. His beard was plucked out. Uh, A crown of thorns had been beat with a rod down into his skull and hanging on the cross with his hands and feet nailed. He looked down at the people who had put him there. And he didn't say, I'm the righteous one and you're going to get yours. What did he say? They don't know what they're doing. And people who lie about you 
They have no idea what they're doing. They are separating themselves from the grace and goodness of the Lord. And you don't want to join them. You want to join with the Lord. And you want to show grace even to those who hurt you. Because that's what Jesus does. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what he has commissioned us to do. Showing grace. For, for the Father up above is looking down in love. He wants to see us respond to him in an appropriate way. So we learn that why is more important than what, that how is more important than when, that, that the heart is more important than the method when we pray, that seeking God is more important than seeking answers, and that showing grace is a requirement to receive it. So would you just bow your heads this morning, nobody looking around. Is there somebody you need to show grace to so that you can receive grace from the Lord? Is there an issue you need to correct so that you can receive grace from the Lord? Have, have your prayers been focusing on God and His will and His plans and His desires? Or have your prayers been trying to talk God into approving what you want? Kathy's going to come and play and you just talk to God. And you just make sure your heart is right before him.